Hi, this is KJ. Now, this is episode 8 of I'm 62 and I don't know what I'm fuck I'm doing. It's been a really super rough week. Um, this damn house is just out of control. As I'm, I might have explained in the past that the house I was awarded in the divorce and it was the good news is you got the house and it's turning out to be the bad news you got the house house was built in the 30s and about seven years ago the basement started flooding and it's gotten progressively worse so over the past five years since I was dealing with my divorce and, and got everything straightened out I finally had the bandwidth of about 18 months ago to go ahead and start working on trying to get this water problem solved because there's mildew setting in i had a bit of a rat problem uh like right now there's about three inches of standing water in the basement and i would like you know to to make the house livable and be able to recapture some space and use it for dry storage or whatever now a friend of mine's husband is an architect so we went through the whole process of designing a foundation and what needed to be done. We followed all of the city's rules and went in and submitted for permits and got, oh, about 65% of the way through it. And this new planner stepped in and threw the whole thing out and we had to start over. Well, fast forward now to about three weeks ago and you know, I've pulled the permit and the design is nothing that I want. As I've said, I've had uh, two knee replacements. And the way that the city wants us to do is to jack this house up eight feet in the air. So it'd be a three-story house, building new first floor and build a foundation that is uh, two feet above the high water mark. Well, unfortunately, the high water mark is at the surface. So that means house has to be two feet above, you know, the grade. It's declared to be in an environmentally sensitive area, but when you look at the actual maps that the city has drawn, they just do this little bump out that actually comes around my lot. So I tried selling it with the plans and permits as a, you know, a turnkey kind of project. And given the current state of, uh, the economy and everything else. I got a couple of inquiries, but they were people looking for fast flips. That's sort of the hot thing right now is they're uh, developers, you know, small contractors are buying up, you know, homes that were built in the 80s and 90s, uh, gut in the kitchen, tearing out the wall, throwing in some new cabinets, painting everything gray, you know, trimming up the landscaping. Four months later and throwing it back on the market for a hundred thousand dollars more than they bought it for and you can see this all over in the bedroom communities north of me and south of me and east of me well those were the kind of properties that these small developers are looking for this is not a fast flip this is a project that's going to take a year when i got the estimate last week just to repair the foundation in the basement is $688,000. That doesn't even give me a finished space downstairs. That doesn't give me anything new that isn't anything nice 
anything I want. I end up with a shell of a first floor with a house an additional eight feet in the air and uh, nothing to show for it, really. Well, if I want to put the finishes in, in the first floor, it's an additional $200,000. I had hoped to build an accessory unit in, over the garage and build a new garage and accessory unit. And the price on that one's about 600000 so when I looked at all of this, there's just no way that at my age, I feel comfortable going into that kind of debt. No, could I qualify for that kind of money? When my husband left, he had stopped making the house payment and I pulled my credit reports today and sure enough, they all show a foreclosure on them. The house didn't go into foreclosure, but it went into pre-foreclosure. So it shows on my credit report that there was a pre-foreclosure, or they actually say foreclosure, and then it shows that it was paid off five years ago. Well, I finally gotten my credit to the point where it's gone from poor to good, and that's taken five years. And at that point, I really think now I'll be able to qualify for something. Then I get this estimate that is so out of line that I don't know what to do. So I called a couple of local real estate experts. They weren't, they basically don't know what to do either. So, you know, it, it's a real problem. You know, this is, this is a real problem. I went ahead and took the listing down. We let it expire and we're going to let it sit for 60 days and then see what happens after the first of the year. So today I had a conference call with the contractor and the architect. They're recommending that I build just the garage with the apartment. And so I end up with a studio apartment, 700 square foot studio apartment above a garage. That's still two flights of stairs up. And I would get that for, you know, the budget that I'm willing to spend, which is $600,000. that kind of money I would hope to get a house that I liked instead I would get a, a studio apartment above a garage on the back part of my lot and then I just basically mothball the main house and just let it fall down and it just seems ridiculous and a waste of resources and heartbreaking and I feel like I'm painted into a corner and it's not a corner that I want to be. I've really come to the conclusion I don't want to live here anymore. I want a fresh start. I want to move someplace where I can buy a rambler and my little short-legged dogs can get in and out of the house and crippled me can get in and out of the house. And the idea of spending all that money for something I don't want is just nauseating. Well, I don't know if I explained the other part of this. I've had the same job for 20 some odd years and I was planning on retiring in three years. That would get me 65 and then I'd be eligible for Medicare and I have pension that comes to the state and a small stock portfolio that could float me until I was eligible to Social Security. 
in all my reviews and everything have been stellar. I had a huge amount of responsibility at work. I had a staff. The boss that I'd had for the last eight years had a heart attack. He survived, but he decided that the stress at our job was too great. Now, he was only 50, but the stress was so high and the place is so unpredictable that he went to work for a much smaller employer with a third of the responsibility and at the same rate of pay, and it's only eight miles from his house. And that's a great deal. So they went ahead and promote, they never even opened up, this was a director job, they never even opened it up. They just promoted the custodial supervisor into it temporarily. Well, he's been with the place for 40 years. He doesn't speak to me for the seven months that he's in the job. Never says a word. He took over the job a year ago, July. Finally, the first of this year, first time he speaks to me, comes in and tells me that he's laying me off. And this is after 23 years. It never said anything, never a bad review, no nothing, didn't give me any kind of a chance to do anything. I panicked because what was I going to do? This was right before, fortunately, it was right before COVID. I talked to our own legal department, and even though they're not supposed to really, you know, the lawyers aren't supposed to, you know, aren't supposed to talk to you about personnel issues. So you have to go out on your own. But fortunately, there was a former lawyer who now has her own firm and I contacted her. We wrote a letter claiming ageism, sexism, and since I'm legally disabled, a disability protection. And I was able to negotiate two years of my current pay. So I've got another 18 months at the current salary rate that I'm at. And at the end of the two years, I'll have to see what happens. I don't know if I'll be able to stay in the position that I am currently, whether there be a different position or whether I'm out the door. So I'm looking at if I stayed in, if I, if they move me into just a, a lower position, that would be a drop of income, potentially of up to $50,000 a year. So I have to say, I do not feel comfortable taking on $600,000 worth of debt. What would you do? You know, everybody, you know, everybody I've talked to has got a different, a different idea. It's like, what happens if you just walked away from the place? Well, I just walked away from the house and let this one go into foreclosure, well, then I'd have two foreclosures on my record and I would stand a snowball's chance in hell of ever, I'd be lucky if I could get a rental at that point. What was interesting is when I pulled my credit report today, here I see my home, my insurance company has made inquiries. I see all the different credit card companies that makes inquiries. I see the energy providing companies making inquiries. So yeah, not just when you make trying to make a loan, are they looking at your credit? There's all these other entities you deal with looking at your credit report. So since it's taken me five years to get it from 
poorer to good, I don't want to go. I, I don't have time to do that again. And I've got two dogs and two cats. And I've got 40 years worth of crap in this house that would all have to be packed up. Now, there would be an advantage to staying here and building the apartment. I wouldn't have any relocation costs. I mean, moving across the driveway. And one of the things that I know of that the neighbors behind me are have created illegal drains and they're draining their patios into the alley, which is illegal. We've actually seen the drains and heard the drains know that they're there. And when construction would start on the apartment, when they do the excavation, all of those drains are going to get disturbed and they're going to be found out. Well, yeah, they could then give me the, uh, they, they're going to get red tagged by the city. They're going to have to go in and fix all of those drains. I would be able to sue them. I could, I could seek legal remedy from them because the, their water probably is exacerbating the water problem on, on my property. And so maybe in five or years or so, I recover $50,000. Well, in the meantime, I'm living in a perch looking into their bedrooms and looking into their backyards because the apartment faces that way over the alley. I'm in this little studio up the stairs looking at the main house falling apart. Suggestion was just put in the minimal, you know, if we could go in and just do some bracing of the main house and then rent it out. But I still got to solve the water problem. The city's not going to, the city does have a office that inspects rental properties. And before you can put your property on the market for a rental, you have to get it certified by the city as being habitable, which, you know, it's a good thing. So as soon as somebody would walk into this house and see that there has a water problem, and there is evidence of mold, it would never pass any kind of inspection. So to get it ready for a rental, the main house I'm talking about, if I get the main house ready for a rental, that would still require seismic bracing. It would still require some sort of a drainage system. It would still require sump pumps. It would still require new furnace it would still require a full paint job inside and out and some sort of waterproofing system on the slab in the basement at that point why in the hell can't we just do that and and solve the water problem and and just leave my house alone and this is the part i'm not understanding why can't i just do the minimum why would it be good enough for a renter but not good enough for me. So I don't see where the contractor's coming from saying he could come in and do this kind of stuff and then it could be your rental and you could move into the new place. Well, the new place is one is too small and it's up in the air. I'm completely and totally frustrated. I really don't know what to do. Uh, I, I think I know too much. That's what I was telling somebody. I said, if I had some naivety 
or if I had some lack of understanding of what I was getting myself into, then I'd probably be able to make a decision easier. But I've sat down with the cost estimates. I've sat down with the drawings. I've sat down with the zoning codes. I've talked to neighbors. I've talked to real estate experts. I've talked to the architect. I've talked to the contractor. And then all my own experience dealing with construction and knowing I have 18 months at my current salary rate, it would just seem foolhardy to do that. So what I think I'm going to do is see if I can find that unicorn that's willing to purchase it. And I guess you have to leave a property off the market for 60 days before you can relist it as a new listing. I hope to relist it then in February. But in the meantime, I'm going to have to go into a bank and see what the amount of money they would be willing to lend me. So I know either how much I could reduce the price on this house for and still have enough money to make a down payment on something or how much I could qualify if I'd even qualify for the 600000 to build the apartment. So what would you do? Would you continue to live in a house that has the potential to fall down because it's not seismically braced, has a huge amount of water running through the basement, has had a rat or two and there's black mold in the basement and it's starting in the in one of the back bedrooms where the ventilation is poor would you abandon this house and build yourself a new one at the cost of six hundred thousand dollars where you could go four miles north and buy a house a three-bedroom two-bath house for 680000 would you put it on the market and just low put in a low, you know, throw it down as a low price and then hope somebody would come in with an offer and then hopefully, you know, there'd be some sort of a bidding war? Or would you go ahead and build the, build the little apartment and live in that? And that would be your retirement to live in a studio apartment above a garage. I do want to retire at some point in the next three years. So selling the property now or selling the property in three years to me is almost a wash because I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get that amount of appreciation. I don't have anybody else to talk to about this. I don't have anybody to help me with the decision making. Everybody gives me, you know, their expertise and say, you know, it's going to be up to you to decide what you want to do. And my brain is basically scrambled. As I say, I know too much. Real estate sucks. I mean, this really, really sucks. I'm at the point now where I'm almost catatonic dealing with it. 2020 has been such a horrible year. There's been nothing good about it. You know, losing, starting out, losing a job, then losing a pet, then the pandemic, 
and all of the craziness that's going over. Starting a new job, trying to learn a new job over Zoom with people you don't know. Then being locked all summer in this attic where it got super hot. Now it's getting cold because of the lack of insulation in the roof. And finally getting the permit to build the house and not now not having the money to be able to do it. I just don't know. I really, really, really don't know. I'm going to punt on it for two weeks at least. That's the only thing I can think to do right now is wait till after the holiday season when things kind of gear back up to uh, get a hold of the bank, I guess, is kind of the next step and see what kind of money is available. Then try to list the property again and see if I can get a, a buyer at a lower rate. And in the meantime, move forward with Maybe, you know, doing the construction. Because that permit expires in 18 months, too. So it's like, I've got to, and I pulled it in March. So, I mean, I've got to start making some decisions. You know, the clock, you know, that mental clock behind me is just ticking. Your job is tick, 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 tick. My age is tick, 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 tick. The house, tick, 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 tick. The permit, tick, 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 tick. What the hell's going to happen next? Really, what the hell's going to happen next? It rained so hard here the other day, and now I've got three inches of water. There's a tree that's in my neighbor's yard that's adjacent to the driveway, and we had a big windstorm here last month. And fortunately, I was gone because it gave up two enormous branches. I mean, these branches were the, the stem where it detached from the tree is probably as big as my arm and maybe 15, 20 feet long. One of them fell across the front porch and the other one fell in the driveway. If I'd have been walking out of the house when that happened, when that branch fell, it could have killed me. Or at least it would have knocked me down the, the stairs and seriously hurt. And if my car would have been in the driveway, it would have crushed my car. Now, granted, it's a 17-year-old SUV with 170,000 miles on it, but that's all I got right now. With all these other financial things sitting out there, the last thing I want is a car payment. And so it was super windy the other night, and I'm laying in bed going, hmm, what's the worst thing that could happen right now? Maybe that goddamn tree could just fall and just, you know, take out the roof. And at that point, you uh, the decision would be made for me and we'd go ahead and start working on the house and, and it would force my hand and I would have to actually, the decision would be made, you know, put it out there. I talked to my therapist about that and she goes, well, you want to, if you put that out there in the universe, you have to make sure that your pets don't get hurt and you don't get hurt. So that's the caveat. You know, if the tree falls on the house, you want to make sure that the cats are accounted for and my dogs are okay. And we're all accounted for. Tomorrow's Christmas Eve, then Christmas, then I get to work another three days, and it's New Year's Eve, 
and New Year's Day. And then maybe 2021 will be looking up. That's all I've got to say today. I heard that I saw that there's I had two listeners last week. Well, thank you, two listeners. It's pretty funny with these podcasts. They give you a little analytic sheet, and you see the listenership kind of go up and down, and the range that it it's in. So that's kind of interesting that people from different countries and people with different ages and male and female both listen. So this this is I know it was rambling. But I'm scrambled. My brain is absolutely scrambled. So if you have any suggestions or if you want to buy a swamp land in Seattle, um, contact me at S-K-Y-E-R-K-A-Y-J-A-Y-1958 at yahoo.com. I am not going to wish everybody a happy holiday because I think I've complained about platitudes in the past. I wish you all good health going into the new year. I wish you good mental health going into the new year. And again, if anybody wants to buy this piece of shit, um, let me know. And we all make a deal. Thanks again. Bye-bye.